Yeah, here. We're fine. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Get in the Garage. I am Mike, here with Luke and Jeffrey. Good morning, gentlemen. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Today, we're going to kick off this episode by talking about the last and final episode of The Beatles Get Back. Let's hope it's for now. Three. Good day, sunshine. I hope it's only the final episode currently. I hope they put out like five more episodes. Oh, fucking me too. Thank you, Jeff. You're yeah. on board now? Are you on board now? <laughs> yeah. I was always on board. Yeah, absolutely. It's a long thing to like try to... It's a bad uh, binge watch because it's so dense and it's so long. Yeah, you have to take your time with it. Yeah, it's not like watch yeah. over weekend thing. Like I, I suggest spread it out. Right. And even I suggest watch like fucking one hour of episode one. And the next day, watch the second hour. Of yeah, movie. I'm a glutton for punishment. What was the <laughs> What was the original cut though? Didn't Peter Jackson say the original cut was like 18 hours long? Yeah, there's a there is an 18 there is an 18 hour cut of it that exists. Good lord, huh? So, hopefully, one day we'll uh we'll get that 18 yeah. hour cut. I'm sure we will. I mean, we got the the four hour version of every Lord of the Rings uh movie. So Peter Jackson. You know, he likes doing, he, you know what I'm saying? Like, he likes doing that. He'll release, like, the regular version, and then, like, a year later, he'll be like, remember remember those three-hour-long episodes? Each one's now five hours long, well, <laughs> and well, they're going to release, you know, I, another one on top of it. Yeah, I hope you're right, because, like, you get, like, the all the casual fans that will, like, watch it the first time anyway, and then, like, you know, probably, like, after in a couple years, they'll yeah. just re-release it, because, again, it's only more money to re-release it, and then, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And this was kind of, I mean, it, a little bit more, but it was basically like the 50th anniversary, 50 years after this whole thing was put together. Yeah. So, you know, there's no saying that they couldn't, you know, in five years put out more footage or in 10 years. I mean, Peter Jackson is like, I think he's about like 60, 61. Yeah. So you might not want to wait that long. Right, Especially because right. my man, you know, he's not looking like Lance Armstrong. So <laughs> no, he's put not. put out some material. <laughs> Is he looking more like the blue meanie? <laughs> uh, th- I mean, this... <laughs> you can definitely see, though, in this episode how how really tired everybody is, man. You can see, like... Yeah. I mean, they're all pretty stoned, too, but, you know, you can just see the exhaustion as well. Um, I mean, Luke, you said earlier... Or was it Jeff Did you say? I forget. One of you two said earlier, it's like... Oh, it's just the it's just, watch, watching Paul McCartney's eyes get more stoned and less stoned, and then more stoned and then less stoned. Right, right. Same with Ringo. Ringo's eyes are always pretty. But I don't know if I asked this question. What is going on with like Ringo's like left eyebrow? Uh, Did you notice that? No, what his eyebrows. It's it? like it looks like he like shaved a piece of like a chunk of it off. I don't know if it's a scar or something. Well, as someone with an eyebrow scar, he might have one. I don't know. Yeah. It's yeah, did not see. I just the, wasn't sure. I just don't know what it, it is. It could also all. just be Ringo face of just kind of like a slant, you know, like kind of like a slack jawed like. <laughs> Yo, when they're trying to do okay, so let's like clown. some scenes from the third one when they yeah. get in, like it's like earlier in it when they're doing um, they keep doing Let It Be and Long and Winding Road mm. and like they're doing uh uh Long and Winding Road first 
and uh, Ringo is like sleeping in the back of the chair like this. And and Paul's like, well, yeah, I guess there wouldn't be much drums here, huh? And <laughs> Ringo's like, nope. <laughs> nope. And it, it's like so early in the morning and like he like he's like, it feels like it's plotting. It's just plotting. And then John's like, yeah, man, it's early and you're trying to play this boring ass song. Yeah. It's like the first thing we're doing. Ringo's like asleep in the chair. Do you think the exhaustion... I, I put it to three factors. One, you know, John Lennon doing heroin at night and then doing uppers during the day and the rest of the guys being pretty stoned, et cetera. Two, the day in, day out grind of being there to practice for hours, but also like, um, and then three, I guess, would be the, the fact that cameras are there. So it feels so much more under a microscope and you need mm-hmm. to be like turned on the whole time. So those hours are seem even longer, like, or is it a combination of all that? Or I feel like after a while, the camera doesn't feel like it's it's. I feel like at first they are very aware of the camera, mm. but then like after a while they're like, meh, whatever. Yeah. I feel like um the exhaustion is. I feel like because they don't they have no idea what they're working towards. Mm. I feel like that's what is like. Yeah, because the plans it's are the constantly changing, and there's like it's like because they like they're all like we have all these songs, and they're like here, and they're like half baked, but like what are we gonna do? I feel like that's where the exhaustion is coming from. Also, yeah. like because I I don't feel like I feel like they're always like their life at that point is always so like everybody's always like that around them. So mm-hmm. it's like what's the difference if there's a camera here or not? You yeah, know? that's true. So that's kind of how I you know I I saw it, but. Also, you're right. Like the drugs definitely have mm. like something to. You or is know. it also just the the like, on, on top of what you said about the the kind of meandering, no real goal. I think part of that too is they're they're all very aware of like, yeah, this band doesn't seem like. It seems like this is kind of like the last call for this band. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. they they're all very aware that it's like coming. They're all getting like more independent, and yeah. they're not children anymore. They're all like getting like girl like girlfriends and wives that are like very important and serious to them. You know what I mean? So like there's yeah. that whole thing aspect, and they're like as well. They're like, well, I could be here at the studio, or like I could be having fun with mm. like where there's no like tension and yelling and. Or not that there's yelling it, but you know what I mean? There's not that underlying stuff. Yeah. yeah. You brought up they're not kids. Uh, daily reminder, the Beatles, none of the Beatles were even 30 years old when they broke <laughs> Well. So for unenvied people out there yeah, wondering, you know, what am I going to be when I grow up? Well, get to writing those fucking songs. Cause yeah. <laughs> different time, too, but. Yeah. What I mean by they're not kids is, I mean, like, they're not. They're um, not like that. They're not like the bright-eyed sort of like oh my god like we're like the you know it's it's the, yeah. the dust has settled well, a bit things are starting to sour even but at, at the same that, time like, they've had their experiences when you're like 26 27 like that's when like you know you start like to do more the serious. saturn return yeah serious stuff all you astrologers out there <laughs> i don't know how many you believe said, in yeah, astrology I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe in it though things about some bullshit myself <laughs> so right there all is all right all right all right there is clearly sorry, sorry. a sinking ship mentality like happening that they yeah. they're all like aware of but yeah. during the, those moments the strange thing is like there's like such like sprinkly magic that like happens yeah and they all know it and then you know it too cuz you can tell when you were like watching it you're like oh they know that something crazy good is happening right now right and they're very aware of it uh another thing i thought like that was super they were like talking about um, maybe rehearsing one of George's songs to play on the roof, 
George out of nowhere just goes, I got this tune that we could like flub the lyrics to and change. And he just whips out something like it's a piece yeah. of crap that he can't figure out. <laughs> and it's like, you know but he hits those chord changes. He goes like, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. and you're just like, oh, well, he has it in the bag. Like, yeah. you know, it's sitting there and you're just right. like, God damn, that's going to be one of the best songs ever written. And he's like willing to throw it away for like. Just like a stupid project, which I thought was like, you know what I mean? Like, that's one of the best, you know, love songs ever yeah. written, one of the high points at uh, Abbey Road. And then he's just like, welcome to the show. <laughs> Are you going to miss the show? Like, yeah. you're just like, oh, what the fuck? You know? Yeah, I also love um, just like wa- like watching them kind of get excited about the music again, you know? Because especially like episode one, man, it's just at- episode one is the one that feels where, like, the band just feels so stale. Yeah. And then to see them, like, progressively become more, like, motivated and inspired and, like, kind of get back on track with everything. And then to see it sort of in this, like, climax of episode three was just a lot of fun to watch. And to see them kind of, like, you know, like we talked about it the other day where, like, they all just kind of, like, look at each other and they're like, oh, shit, yeah, like, this is actually, well, like, we're really doing this. Like, this is... You know, they get it's all clicking. Everything's finally falling into place. You know. Well, especially when they get on the roof, like when yeah. they get on the when they start playing on the roof. There's like they play "Get Back" for like thirty seconds, like to get sound, and then they actually like kick into it. And Paul like looks at John, and John looks like scared as shit. And then Paul just goes like "Woo!" into the mic, like super loud. And then he's like, Paul, "You can see Paul just like working everybody up." on stage like you got this guys you got this and like you see john lennon very worried and like uh george is looking at his feet like, yeah the whole time his hands like that i just thought that moment was like super telling but then like after a minute like they like john lennon like you could see his face like changing like oh yeah i'm john lennon oh yeah i'm in the beatles and then like yeah. His hair starts blowing in the wind he's wearing that coat and shit and i don't know it yeah just the gets fur really... coats though <laughs> On point, really classy up on the roof. <laughs> yeah, and I love, I, I love like while they're like while they're playing on the rooftop, they're also interviewing people on the street, and the overwhelming majority are all just like, I think that yeah, yeah, I think that's the Beatles, and they're like, uh, how do you how do you feel about hearing them playing? And they're like, I quite like it, yeah, I quite like it, yeah, they're great, they're great, pretty, pretty good band, pretty good band, yeah, right. I mean, I, I don't really understand why they're doing it on the roof, but yeah, it's not, it's not, it's all right. You know, stuff like that. And then you get, like, the grouchy people who are like, they're disrupting the businesses over here. You know? I run a haberdashery. Yeah. <laughs> I love I loved that. Did you? I My love... green grocer has seizures and cannot stand this racket. I thought it was, like, <laughs> That's not really. What said. Well, no. I just love how, like, too, when the like they were out in the street, it seemed like that, like that was their, like, the people's band. Like, they were like, yeah, it's the Beatles. Like, the best. They were, like, listening like it well, was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that like the younger people were like like I don't know, like their faces were like, Yeah, this is like our band, this is like but even of the, course it's the Beatles. There was even like older people too that like they looked they were like like there was this one guy who was older and they're like, This doesn't bother you at all. He's like, No, they're all right. They're they're nice, they're they're you know, they're they're, they're nice, nice guys. Men. They're nice young men, yeah. Like uh, you know. Cause it is, man. It's like I mean, like the the Beatles as is about as English as you get, you know, like they're they are England kind of like 
embodied in, in well, a way, you know? Especially musically, when you're talking about early 1969, what the Beatles are playing is, like, so unoffensive compared to, like, the stuff that is currently being played, especially around London and yeah. England. It's, like, full psychedelic stuff has been out for two and a half years. Yeah. So people are used to, like, fucking Strawberry Dream Boat and bands like that and nonsense. And marshmallow overcoat. Marshmallow overcoat and chocolate rainbow and... Strawberry alarm clock. And then clock. The, the Beatles are getting back. Yeah, like, Beatles back are basics. just basically playing, like, roots rock. Yeah. Up on yeah. the roof. Yeah. Um, did you like how... I, feel, I felt like right before they were up on the roof, like the two days before they were up on the roof, like George Martin and... Um, uh, Gail Johns are like, or Glenn Johns, whatever the hell you say his name. They are like, what are you guys gonna do? What are you guys gonna do when you what? What's going on? Like, what are you gonna do? And they're all the Beatles are like, we don't know, we don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah, leave us alone. Um, there's like a great moment too where George Martin is talking to Paul, and he's like, well, Paul, like, what were you gonna do? And he's like, well, uh, I'm actually talking to John about that, and that's why I'm not talking to you about that, George Martin. Thank you. George Martin. I When I saw George Martin, we were watching it, me and Jay were watching it, I was just like, George Martin looks like he's a collector of souls. He's just such a, like a, you know what I'm saying? He looks like a necromancer. I don't know. He's just got this like look about him where I'm like, he just looks like an the evil old white man. Dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the original. You know what I'm saying, though? He, I don't he, know. Well, all credit, though. He's the guy. Also, yeah, you're right, the old, you're in the you're in a room of artists, and you're a business dude. Make yes, and you have to be like. There's a point in there too. He's like, mm. "Hey guys, like just so you know, like you're paying two pounds for a foot of this tape every time you every yeah. time it goes." And he and then uh, George Harrison goes, "Actually, we're EMI artists, so EMI is paying for that tape. Thank you, like shit yeah. like that." But you know, he's like always being like the fathery mm. like not let's not get out of control guys yeah um but I, it seemed like even the beatles seemed like they had no confidence before they get on the roof mm. and then they get on the roof and you're like what the fuck and they just pull it out of nowhere <laughs> yeah and they that, did so well too that was what shocked me because like i've seen obviously i've seen the rooftop before but i'd never seen the two days before where they they're, i'm like this band sucks mm. like they're under rehearsed and you're just like, there's no way they're gonna pull off anything great. And then they get yeah. on the roof, and they they're the Beatles, and they're great, and it's magical, and yeah. all that like, all that crazy shit. Like you, I was like, I you can't believe it. And then it starts rolling, and it's like this take was used, this take was mm. used, this take. It's three in a row, and you're yeah. like, God damn, they did. And then George Martin was right. Why don't you guys just do three in a row? Yeah. And I bet you they'll all be solid fire ass takes. Yeah. yeah, that was what blew my mind. Like at the uh, while while watching though that happened. Yeah. I uh I really enjoyed uh when the police show up and they're just kind of the like bobbies. the bobbies it's the Rosas they're keeping them like in the lobby at Apple and they're kind of like just like yeah, uh, yeah all right uh, well we don't really know what's going you know and and they're kind of like and the guy and they're just sitting there you can see he's just like turning red I forget the name. they show the they show the names of of the two officers I would officers. like to hit one of these blokes with my billy club <laughs> with my billy club. <laughs> Um, you know, and they're just like, they're just keeping him at bay, keeping him at bay, keeping him at bay. And then eventually they finally make their way up to the rooftop and you see like Paul turn and see them walking out to the rooftop and he just turns around and he's got like, he's like, ha ha and he just like starts laughing and then they just kick him to get back. Like, well, they, it's well, just so good. And then Paul's like singing about the cops yeah. while, while yeah. they're playing and he's like, it's over, it's over. Yeah. Um, the, the receptionist that keeps the cops at bay for so long. So funny because she knows what they're. She knows what, and the cops know. And yeah. she's like, 
Well, they're making an album, a record album. It's for a film. They're making a film. <laughs> yeah, a film. And the guy's just like, well, if he's making a film, I mean, could we really be mad with it? I'm he's making like, how a come they can't have headphones on? Yeah, right, <laughs> right. You can't just overdub the music after you make the film. You get the footage. That's my favorite. Yeah. yeah the guys get rid of art yeah. director. A smart man. <laughs> yeah, but then they're just like, well, it's got to be live, though. It has to be live. It's, the whole point of it is to be live. The <laughs> hidden camera in the reception desk. <laughs> yeah. With, like, George Martin walks in, he looks at it, and he points to it, and he goes, he nods to it and just walks yeah. up the stairs. Yeah, oh, I, yeah. I love that shit. Oh, it made me laugh so hard. Yeah, I mean, it was so, it was so, so good. Um, other, like my probably my favorite moment in the whole thing is right when they get off the roof and they go downstairs to listen to it. Mm. That like sequence of them sitting in there, the nervousness and like the holy shit that was awesome, yeah. and like the possibility in that moment of like. I don't know. When I see that, I'm like, oh, man, if something different, like, you know, like the butterfly effect in that room might have happened, like, Beatles might have went on tour. Mm-hmm. Beatles might have yeah. stayed there. Oh, they could have survived. Might've... They could have. That's Oh, no way. But, oh, they could have. They, they, this is the hint. This is the hint. Is the, uh, the Alan Klein bits. That's the whole bullshit. The that's, devil. That's it right oh, there. Oh, yeah. Especially when these, like, where, where um, uh, Glenn Johns is talking to um, Lennon, he's like, he doesn't. He doesn't strike you as a bit, bit off. That guy, that guy yeah. that interrupts you in the middle of sentences. He's yeah, like, he's like he changes the subject whenever you're like, like trying to make a point in the middle of your point. And he's like, I don't know if he talks to you differently because you're who you are, yeah. but he doesn't talk yeah. to us very nicely. And then Paul's the only smart one that's like, you're all idiots. You're all idiots. You're all. I'm idiots. gonna have separate representation. Yeah. Yeah. Paul never had any kind of legal trouble in that regard. It seems like the rest uh. of the Beatles almost went super bankrupt, though. Yeah, but Paul did the other classic mistake, which is have his instead of having Alan Klein as his representation, he had his his soon to be wife's father as his representation. Yes. Which is almost as bad. Almost yeah. as bad, but not as bad. <laughs> That's true. Well, could, could yeah, it be I was worse? listening to an interview with uh, what's his name, Peter Asher, right? Yep. And that that's what he was saying. He's like, when they when Klein came around, he was like, I, he's like, I was on Paul's side of the court, which was just like, nah, man, fuck this guy. Like, we don't want to be we don't want anything to do with this guy. The wolf. And that that's what kind of because he, he managed the stones. Right. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't that like, yes. his, yeah, his, like you, claim ever, to fame? you ever wonder why there's a million and five jillion Rolling Stones compilations from 1970 and before? Yeah. Alan Klein. Alan Klein. That money. Yeah. Alan Klein. I love they show a picture of him where he has two phones like, <laughs> on each side of his head, and he's got like his feet up on the desk. He's one of like the worst shucksters in all of rock and roll. The Rolling Stones almost broke up because of Alan Klein. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then the Stones to get them off their back, they threw them on the Beatles. Like that was the whole thing. Yeah. Really? Like, oh yeah. He's like, no, 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 you go over here now. The real, the real like foretelling thing is when Alan Klein is first scene in this documentary it's a still picture and underneath it the the description says something like alan klein had wanted to manage the had made it a goal to manage the beatles and you're like, right. oh this is a dude who saw the money train and yeah. wanted to buy a ticket yeah but that was a thing though man i mean i think the managed like the managers of bands back then because who well, who was led zeppelin's manager what's that guy's name that fucking dude uh grant Grant, Peter, uh, Grant. Peter Grant, yeah. Peter Grant, you know he was another one too. You yeah, know? but he, he was but a he crazy did, guy, but he loved that but band. But he did yeah. good by yeah. his artists. Right. Same right. with um, and Tim he was more of a road manager too, right. wasn't he? He right. was the like, road manager turned into yeah. yeah. But oh, it's so but bad. Yeah. Um, choo choo, baby, follow the yeah. money train. Glenn Johns, I'm glad that this this documentary exists 
a lot for Glenn John's sake because I don't even think he got credited as an engineer on Get Back, and he was the producer of Get Back, ha- at least half of what ended up on the album. Yeah, and he was the workhorse. He was there because if they're there showing up at ten a.m., he's there at fucking eight a.m. plugging in shit and setting stuff up. Yeah, um, and you know, very stylish and like a cool character in this film too. But he went on to do a lot of heavy lifting for a lot of bands, mm-hmm. and he, uh, you know, so he did. He did. What more than all right for himself, but I just feel like he never got his credit for what he did for this period of time with the Beatles, and I'm and this gives him the credit. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like this is like this whole film is like a rewrite of history entirely, mm. like yeah. of of that whole sure yeah that setting whole the record straight about misconceptions about yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I think uh was it and been... it got me obsessed all over again. <laughs> well, me too. Yeah. Me too. I I like last night I was rewatching episode three and you know maybe i was just like tired and delirious but i just started laughing i was just like my god man they are the they are the fucking best yeah like i i don't i mean it's they're just they're they're the goats man like Mm -hmm. there's just you can't you can't argue you just you and the fact that like you you watch this and you fall in love with them again Mm -hmm. it's like again yeah that's the whole thing i didn't expect i didn't expect to like really like feel anything like more for them and i was like oh nope they got me all over again yeah. all sorts of mm. all sorts of great you know so that being said now all right episode three is come and gone we've yep. watched the entire thing uh not that we necessarily planned to cover this specific thing but like on the fly whatever it's all jazz <sighs> who like who would you say is your like documentary movie mvp we love doing this like when we do countdowns and stuff so like off off the off the off the fly like who would you say is the MVP of the of the maybe the get back project as a whole? Um, I feel like Jeff kind of nailed it. Um, I feel like uh, Mel, right? Yeah. Mal Evans. Yeah. Mal I feel Evans. like he is <laughs> absolutely like you get to if, see. I wish I could record what a what a doofy smile looks like. <laughs> I love him, though. Mel, Mel, get some sandwiches, Mel. Well, you get to see who he was for the Beatles, like what his role was. He was like the butler. Fascinating. (laughs) He was like the Beatles butler. He's the Alfred of this series. Yeah, he is. He is, but he's like so much more. Can you go down to the shoe man and see if you can bring me some black slide-on shoes, size eight, (laughs) variety of (laughs) slip-on black shoes. Yeah, just like shit like like that. that, Get me a bow tie, Mel. It's great. Um, I think Paul really shines in this documentary because you find finally it's answered. You yeah. have to see it on film. Paul is the leader of the Beatles. He comes up with all the ideas, mm-hmm. like idea, like big, fr- like he says. He literally says this. I come up with all the frameworks. Yeah. So you can see Paul like directing where they should go in practice, what they should be doing, like what the albums are going to be like. You can just see. I feel like Paul yeah. McCartney. You finally get to like. Like and it's not like a bad good or bad thing, and he might not have been the leader the whole time, but the dynamic of like what's going on, you get to see like who he is in his band, yeah. And that is that was most fascinating to me to watch like who played power moves in the Beatles, yeah. So yeah, I, f- I forget who it was who said it. It was either George or Ringo later on in like the nineties. They mentioned that like if it wasn't for Paul and his work ethic. They would have made like three albums. Yes, but yeah. he was the one who's like, "No, this is this thing. This music thing is a short-lived thing. We gotta milk it for all it's worth." 
and before we move on from this whole thing, um, I don't know if I've said this like last week, but if I did, stop me. Uh, Paul McCartney when he's playing Strawberry Fields on the piano, mm. and Paul is fucking sitting right in front of um, no, uh, John's sitting in front of him, and John's like kind of like smugly like this is a great song and paul's like giving him like the credit by like just singing his song i yeah. thought that like that whole moment in dynamic wise super great yeah great moment yeah my i mean my if i'm saying a, a beetle it's paul because of all the hard work and all the the vision and the drive and the sticking to the task and like wanting to accomplish something and just he's one for these sessions that came up with 80% of the ideas, musical ideas. Um, if I'm saying overall, though, I mean, Peter Jackson is getting a lot of credit, but to put this, all this footage together, not 60 hours of video, 150 of audio, and to make it a, a document that, like, really solidifies and demystifies and um, humanizes this, like, God-level band, I think is such an accomplishment. Um because it re-sparked an, obs an obsession with all of us and hopefully it does that for the next generation. Because the Beatles, like, the Grateful Dead will live forever because of the community around that music, because of the followers and the lifestyle. But as far as music goes, like, the half-life of music, of, like, music from the 80s sounds so dated today, et cetera, et cetera. The Beatles' music still really stands the test of time and hopefully it does forever. And hopefully this is a thing where, like, five to 15 year olds watch this documentary with their parents or grandparents and they're like oh wow I, these songs are really good yeah uh, start a rock and roll band <clears throat> oh man can, yeah. I, can I take this cat it's my favorite kind of cat oh my oh, god look bro, at that that a nice, is a great cat a nice big orange boy it's probably oh. living under the sun porch with the possum fucking, <laughs> fucking Garfield bro <laughs> we'll call him possum <laughs> we'll call him possum for all yeah, of those yeah the cat's that's named wondering. possum and the possum is named cat we're on the sun porch that's what we do and a cat just walked yeah, by that dude looks just like my old orange cat yeah what was right. your cat's what was his name R.I.P. Leo Oh, Leo. I bet you that cat loves lasagna that's why Mike named his son Leo yeah after, after cat. Jeff's dead cat <laughs> <laughs> Where's that cat got to be can we right do, now? Can we do a, a Beatles quick hit? Um, since we all have been listening to some Beatles stuff since this documentary came out, can we, um, today, what are your top three Beatles albums? Today, oh, three, three, two, one. Oh. Uh, uh, Off the cuff, because they change every day, but if you were saying today, three, two, one, Beatles albums. Not solo, just Beatles. Uh, yeah. I'm going to say Let It Be, because I still love it, always to have. Uh, Sergeant Pepper, uh, and... I'm gonna go with uh, Revolver right now. I've been spinning Revolver oh! for a shit ton. I do love Revolver too. Okay. Oh shit. I'll, I'll go. Jeff, I'll let you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me. Um, if I'm picking three, three is White Album. Two is Revolver. One for me is still Abbey Road. Yeah. It's just the. I love the clarity on the album. It's like it sounds like uh, such a step up, high fidelity wise and polish wise but also there's so many songs in that album um i always say the abbey road suite as a bad answer is my favorite beatles song because it encompasses all of the side two of abbey road except for because but it has something um even you know octopus's garden and maxwell's silver hammer which are goof songs are the best goof songs of their career <laughs> yeah um so yeah i'd like to be Let's see like I'm beautiful just whimsical and like children's anthems type of songs that's this week if you asked me last week abbey road was like top sure. on that list i was listening to that a shit ton 
Um, Mike, you got you got three. <clears throat> yeah, sure. Let me. Uh, I'll I'll yeah, go sure. with. <laughs> yeah, I sure. always want Revolver to be my number one, but Abbey Road for the past couple years has always been edging it out. Revolver's a great record, but it's yeah. it's not Abbey Road. I don't like I don't like Doctor Doctor Robert. That's oh what, my god, I love that song. I, I don't want to say don't like it, but that's the song that that's why it drops to number two. Maxwell Silver Hammer is always the reason why <laughs> why Abbey Road for me is never going to be a perfect record. <laughs> oh man. Fighting words, yeah. Number three, you'd probably go like with "Let It Be." I will say though, I do like "Let It Be," naked. naked. Yeah, that's to, way better. Excuse me, that to I me agree. is like that's the preferred. If I listen to that record, I prefer to listen to that version of it. Uh, number two, I'll probably go with "Revolver" for number two, and then yeah, number one, "Abbey Road" all day, every day, because I think that's like a perfect record. How about I mean, how about three, um, three solo? Beatles if you're gonna pick three well I would go I would suggest actually I would really suggest that if you watch this film and you are like looking for more Beatles stuff but you've listened to everything McCartney's first solo record yeah George's first solo record and then Lennon's first solo record are all great because they all encompass things that are happening in the get back film and like so that's McCartney with the bowl of cherries hell yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. I, I there's a ton of get back shit on the first McCartney record and it's like that whole vibe of um get back let it be all in it like kind of Paul carries that vibe yeah right into like solo bleeds album. into the solo record big time yeah love it uh yeah I'd probably say the same like all things must pass for sure uh I'm gonna go with Ram instead of the first record I just like Ram front to back sitting in the back seat of my car man uh, I mean it's just like you know so good uh and yeah I've never been a huge uh Lennon solo um guy but I did say fuck it and just downloaded the first solo record and oh, yeah. I do I really like it man it's a good did you accidentally download the Yoko version <laughs> no, I did, I did not. Because they have like the similar covers. Yeah, no, thank you. Am I the only one at the table that really likes that Yoko? No, I like I like artsy fartsy stuff. Uh, yeah, um, I'm, if I'm, I'm if I'm picking three, um, I would say number three would be the John Lennon Yoko Ono band first one classic oh. classic Ono band. Um, number two, All Things Must Pass. Number one for me is uh, Band on the Run. Oh, Paul yeah. McCartney Wings. Yeah. Um I listened to that album like four times the other day at the gym. Let just in a just repeat. Because so it's only, right. you know, it's like thirty eight minutes. Yeah. So. It's such a great yeah. that's a that's like a great seventies record. The only thing yeah. I don't the my one flaw and the, the one flaw I find in that album, I understand why they did it. I wish the sequencing the last two songs were flipped because the second to last song has like this sound collage thing that uses tracks earlier tracks as like kind of a medley. And then they do this like futuristic, like fucking David Bowie style song to close it. I wish they would flip, but I understand why they did it. But yeah. to me, that's a perfect album. That album. Yep. Right on, guys. Right on. Well, oh, you... Beatles sing. I don't know if you guys have checked it out. You should check it out, especially Mike. There's a Netflix doc, uh, Netflix series. Yeah. Called Beat Bugs, which is a children's animated series about bugs using the Beatles uh, music. They were they're the only like multimedia thing that has been given license to use the Northern Songs songbook, and it's like three seasons on Netflix. Children's show incorporating most of all the Beatles songs that you uh. love. Excellent, check it out. Especially if you want to just like introduce a kid to like a Sesame Street style series that like actually uses good music and good messaging mm -hmm. and friendship and safety and getting along and all that kind of stuff. 
Nice. Beat bugs. Beat bugs. Right on. We're not sponsored by beat bugs. Not yet. yet. Not yet. Uh, so there you have it. The conclusion of the three-part mini <laughs> oh, series. Also before, before, on the way out here. Yeah. Uh, check out the albums Get Back and Come Back. Get Back being the Gal John's uh, original Let It Be like sequencing um, that he gave them in the middle of it. And then Come Back is a bootleg that he also sequenced as maybe a album. Um, I just think both of those compare um, go really well with this film. Um, and if you're looking for extra stuff and you're like, where do I start? Those two pieces are like albums length and easy to listen to, easy to digest, uh, alternative takes, mm. um, and some early tracks on there. So I wanted to also shout those out for things to listen to related right to this. Well, there you are. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back with more scheduled programming. Most of us, i.e. comedians, treat open mics as a necessary evil. But not Silas P. Every week, Silas talks to a veteran of the sights, sounds, and smells of the Philly open mic scene, sharing stories of momentary triumph and lingering failure with enough shit talk sprinkled in to make you listen to hear your name. I'm like 35% sure that I'm in there. So pay attention, hang out in the room, and maybe you'll learn why you got bumped on the launching pod. And welcome back, Luke. Welcome back. Can I got a train whistle. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Welcome back to Get in the Garage. Um, the next part of this podcast, we figured we would cover our end of the year Spotify wrapped for the year of 2021. Jeffrey, would you like to get us started and tell us what oh, sure. how, tell us how much Steely Dan you listen to this year? Oh, uh, uh, I thought it was an inquantifiable, but it can be quantified because Spotify did tell me that I listened Those to Those Swedes. I listened to over 4,000 minutes of Steely Dan this oh year. My God. Um <laughs> Ricky, don't lose that number. Which, can we get, can we get fucking... <laughs> that I think it's on rail. Oh. Which, which put me in the top 0.05% of Steely Dan listeners. <laughs> To, so to the to the eleven people who listen to more Steely Dan, Dan than me this year, I congratulate you. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> Sign in, stranger. <laughs> Which coincidentally was my most played song this year. Um, so Steely Dan topped my list. I listened to a lot of um, other artists that when sometimes you see the Spotify Wrapped and you're like, oh, yeah, I kind of forgot I listened to a lot of that. Yeah. My number two, uh, I guess surprise, but looking back, I guess not so much. Um, a comedian who has put out like, I think seven maybe albums worth of material at this point, and I have a, a playlist. My Spotify is kind of set up like I make artist playlists, so like I find my favorite albums or like all of the albums of an artist, and I just put it into a playlist, and I'll download that and I'll listen to that instead of like trusting Spotify to. Because I don't want to listen to like weird mixed singles sometimes and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, but an artist playlist I play a lot, especially like bedtime, I fall asleep to it. So I think that's why it started a lot. It did, went high to number two. Um, Patton Oswalt, who oh, I yeah. highly recommend listening to. Um, he's been putting out comedy albums since uh, maybe the first one, like 2005. So someone I've been listening to since I was in high school yeah. through today. Um, number three which is kind of surprising since their albums are so short, but I do listen to a lot of them. System of a Down was my number three. Um, my number four, an artist, uh, highly underrated, we did discuss a couple weeks ago, Outcast. Mm-hmm. 
And my number five, I listen to so much Steely Dan that Donald Fagan's solo work is my number five. <laughs> and <laughs> the, the to, nightly, bro, Jesus. To, to be honest, he's put out four solo albums, and I only really ever listened to two of them. So I listened to those, those two albums, uh, which is The Night Fly from 80, 82 and Kamir, uh, Kama Kiriad from 93-ish. Uh, I listen to those two albums so much that that put him to number five just on two albums alone. Because I don't really listen to Morph the Cat or Sunken Condos. Uh, um, Morph yeah. the Cat. Morph the Cat. <laughs> I like how it just came off the tongue for you. You would you would like that song. Oh, I'm uh, sure I would. It's track one. It's the title track, Morph the Cat. It's about a slinky jazz cat, like <laughs> literal, <laughs> literal and metaphorical. <laughs> it's a song about me. Slinky jazz cat. <laughs> <laughs> who's like running around in the gutters and stuff <laughs> it's, it's great um so those are my five most played artists as far as as far as songs go um my number one was steely dan track from my most played steely dan album which is uh the royal scam which is their fifth album which if i have to pick one album desert island i think that's one i go with over asia honestly at this point hmm. um I'm, I'm, a, I'm a katie lied man yeah, my number two, another track off of Royal Scam, Don't Take Me Alive, which Damn. features a great Larry Carlson guitar solo. The song opens with a 45-second guitar solo, which is incredible. My number three is an oldie by the Spaniels called Good Night, Sweetheart, Good Night, which is number three because I host trivia twice a week, and that's my closing song every trivia game. Mm. So like to send people off while I'm like starting to take down my sound equipment and pass out gift cards, I play that song. My number four, Message in a Bottle by The Police, because my cover band plays that song. So I had to learn it, and I was so unfamiliar with the words. I listened to it like six six repeats at a time sometimes, like before gigs to like get it in my head. And my number five, again, I listened to The Royal Scam so much. Another (laughs) track off The Royal Scam, Green Earrings, (laughs) which is this like jazz fusion disco song. Yeah. Um, So that's my five. Uh, some other highlights from my Spotify wrapped. Um, overall minutes. Yeah. 98,000. Woo! Um, yeah. Nice. 98,272. 98, and I still got, 98, three, I still got three weeks left. It's Holy right. Shit. I mean, it's going to be over 100,000 by the end of the year. Not to super um, interrupt you, please. but if we're doing animal talk here, um, yeah. also we saw a cat earlier. There's a squirrel. See it? I love squirrels this oh. time of year because they're so fat. That's because they've squirrel. been they've been g- gorging on food. They yeah. try to run across the street. I like, one blah, blah, one blah, blah, last blah. night I was driving home from a I was driving home from a gig, and he was doing that like he saw cars coming, so he's going like darting, but he's darting straight like it, with traffic on the center line. I'm like, oh yo, you gotta make a move there. <laughs> and then and then because I don't slow down for squirrels, I'm not gonna get in a fucking car accident. No, it's Sorry, dangerous. Man. It's so cool of life. And so the squirrel does take the he he does dart the the into the other lane, and then so he's clear he's not gonna get hit. But just to make it like a last minute, like I no, I don't want to die. He does this running leap, and he's such a fat squirrel that as he did it, I went because <laughs> he like jumped only like four inches off the ground, but it was full body extension. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Anyway, oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Squirrel Sorry. Talk has concluded. Um, That's my fault. <laughs> 
So yeah, that was my Spotify wrapped. A lot of Steely Dan and you know, a couple more weeks left to listen to more. I listened to some Steely Dan on my way over this The year's morning. not over. The year is not over. <laughs> You're trying um, to go for those major league numbers. And, and this this was, uh, <laughs> if 2021 was a year of anything in music for me, it was definitely a year of Steely Dan because it's a band that I've been further and further obsessed with yeah. over the last five years. And like really sitting here today, if I'm naming my favorite bands, it's the Beatles and then it's Steely Dan to me. And really, as far as bands I listen to, Steely Dan is easily number one. Yeah. I listened f- over 4,000 minutes this year. Yeah, I yeah. straight up listened to twenty, I, an average of 15 and a half minutes of Steely Dan a day this calendar year. <laughs> <laughs> that is so ridiculous. That's a good serving size. It's <laughs> a good helping. If you, if you, at the beginning of the year, Lots of fiber, somebody though. was like, Listen to 15 minutes of Steely. You almost like would like it's hard to do. Oh, I knew it was happening though because last year I I, I had like the runway of the end of 2020. Like just the, I was the Steely fully, Dan jet was just oh, taking take, off into 2021. Was, it was, it was right into the stratosphere because <laughs> I listened to man. so much Steely Dan like the second half of last year. Mm. So here's, I knew this year was going to be full full derangement. All <laughs> here's, here's the prediction. You ready? You ready? You know how rumors has like been in the top ten since that last year yeah. when, when that video came out yeah. of the dude. There's gonna be a Steely Dan type moment 2022. Oh, it's they're they're it's so ha- in vogue. It's bubbling. It's, hap- it's, bu- it's been it's happening. Bu- it's on the yeah. under bubble. I'm ahead of the curve. Yeah, Jeff oh. is on. There's a heavy Twitter and like 22 to 27 year old range Ironic. of people who love Steely because like as far as classic rock albums go, they're like super satirical, ironic. But incredibly, like, really advanced musical, and yeah, like yeah. they were, they're like they fit in with like meme culture yeah. well for like some reason because yeah. they're like door, they're fucking two they're, white they're, dorks yeah, they're who dorks. are making like who are making like <laughs> the fucking funkiest, yeah, craziest <laughs> music. Is it weird to say that their records are like some kind of in joke for Chan? Yeah, like before oh, that yeah. was a thing. Yeah, like, they made it, they were doing. their comeback album in two thousand is straight up like nine tracks about fucking perverts who are like cheating on their wives and like it's crazy and they were making that music in their 20s because another band they split when they were 30 and 32 years old so they put out all this like fucking crazy ironic music in the 70s when they were like 25 years old yeah so yeah huge meme culture around steely dan i knew i knew going into 2021 that it was going to break one of two ways. It was going to be a year of Steely Dan or a year of Parliament Funkadelic because oh, that's who I was also, yeah. I was putting a lot of gas in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that might be 2022. <laughs> gonna, I might yeah. be, I might be sure. I'll go there with you. Next year's rap, I might be coming in my star shaped sunglasses and a fucking sequined. It's cape. Jeffrey, baby. <laughs> <laughs> If we're doing that, I'm just going to take the Every first... month is May, baby. Because okay. they they have so many albums. They're so long. Yeah. And like, I could, you know, well, if we're going to do that, off. our friend Roy definitely has a yeah. take on the persona of, yeah. you know, the man himself. Yeah, Bootsy. Yeah. No, no, no. Hooli. He would be... Huh? Um, oh my, George my, Clinton. He'd be George Clinton himself. Yeah. We got to get him some oh. hair dye. I got yeah. To... Oh, I mean, man. he doesn't smoke crack, though. <laughs> no, we gotta I, get him I, on the crack train. I said hair dye. I didn't say, like, we have to give him the drug problem. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one and the same. Um, so, yeah, that's that's that was my Spotify wrapped. And uh, I think the reason why I went Steely Dan instead of Parliament Funkadelic is because Steely Dan songs are such a world within four and a half minutes. And Parliament Funkadelic is kind of like 
a nine minute song that has four lines of lyrics. Yeah. So it's a very different type of music. Yeah. But um, yeah. So. Right on. Oh, do you have your um? What were they like? You know, when you first go into it, it gives you like uh the opening credits theme. Uh, the song playing as you defeat the ancient vengeful spirit. <laughs> I mean, um, if you want, sure. If you want me to, if you want me to do it, that, it was just yeah. There was like three up front, right? It's there's one, two, and yeah, then like me... the song that you as you proclaim your love in the rain. Oh my! I didn't. I didn't have that. You didn't have those like right up front. No, mine was I like do. there. There's there's some different prompt, but my I remember it was like my theme song to start the year. Yeah. Um, which let me see. Let me let me do it. And action. If 2021 is a movie, you were the main character. Yeah. Starring. Jeffrey, baby. Starring the fucking nerds. Oh. <coughs> Opening credits theme. Steely Dan. Nope. Oh. Get up. I feel like being a sex machine. <laughs> parts one and parts one and two, the six and a half minute version. <laughs> song playing as you proclaim your love in the rain. Love Fool by The Cardigans, another cover band song. <laughs> The song you face face off against your rival dance crew. You know I'm no good by Amy Winehouse. You can't dance. <laughs> Spotify. You fucking Swedish idiots. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> you Swedish meatballs. <laughs> Jeffrey, we thought you liked this song. Everyone dances to Amy Winehouse. Then again, you know what? I think that's Swedish because Cardigans is a Swedish pop band. They're probably like, oh, someone listened to a Swedish music. We you say that. that you love me. Oh. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't have ABBA as my. Yeah, right, right. Um, I'll I'll go next. Yeah, yeah. I'll go next while Luke uh, pulls his up. Um, so my opening credits theme is Wolfpack live at Madison Square Garden performing Corey Wong. My song playing as you defeat the ancient vengeful spirit is the song Crack the Sky from the album Crack the Sky by Mastodon. Mm, nice. And the song playing as you procl- proclaim your love in the rain is your song Elton John. Oh. Anyway. Oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> I, know, the worst, I know, I know, I know. Listen. Oh, what, your song? The every worst. Time, shit lyrics. Time, can I just Terrible say? Song. Shit lyrics, every, shit melody. Because of you Terrible, guys, though. Terrible uh, uh, fucking acoustic guitar, 12-string fucking arpeggios. Every time that song comes up, if I'm just, like, uh, shuffling all my light songs and shit, I uh, just, I always end up having to skip and, it. And, well, you know what I really mean? It's like, a, it's, it's, it's 40 years before Lil Wayne was stumbling his way through verses. <laughs> anyway. It's um, like, did you write this, or did you not fucking write it? You know, and but, he didn't write it. Right, anyway. you know yeah fu- so that's bernie toppin's fault yeah fuck you ellen john had just <laughs> just had bernie. to bear the cross anyway anyway um i did not spend nearly as much uh our minutes listening as as jeffrey did a, a third i listened oh, to thirty three thousand okay. seventy nine uh minutes worth of music but that's because I, I i mostly podcast these days also yeah you had a very active toddler in your life yes 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 for sure um uh, my five top top songs are mm. just five songs on one album. <laughs> oh, let me guess. You know, it's all gonna be the Grateful, Grateful Dead, Dead again. No, it's Live not. Forever. It's not. No? It's uh, that was last it's, year. It's Cretan music. Yeah, Grateful Dead didn't even make it on my list this oh. year. I did. I went hard. All right, if we're, if we're talking about music that roots. I went hard in the paint, yeah, it was it was a roots year, man. Yeah. It not the root. band. No, literal, no, no, no. My little gr- literal Grecian roots. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Nikos and uh, Adonis Xiluris, they're like, Ooh. they're the, say, they're the say, grandchildren say of Sarandoni. They're the Chad and Jeremy of Greece. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so for for the my top five songs, Jesus Christ, this this can we can we get a can we get a fucking train whistle? My no, that's God. on the rails. That's on the rails. Um, that's inbound. So yeah, so like five songs off of their debut album. What are their names again? Can you say it? Nikos, Nick, okay. okay, and Adonis, like Tony. Okay, and then Xiluris is the last name. Right. Cool. Well, I, just, I want our listeners. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I yeah. Them up too. Yeah, our uh, uh, their their uncle. Or their great their great uncle is Nikos Xiluris, who's like the he's like the guy when it comes to like Cretan music. He's like, you know, like the Cretan folk pop star kind Bob of thing. Bob Marley, if you will. Yeah, right, right. And um, he had a brother, Sarandonis, and he's still alive. And he's like, he's kind of a wild dude. <laughs> I'm just thinking of Greek puns. I'm sorry. All right, <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Anyway, Pseudo uh, Yorgis is. His son, right? And then, so these are his kids. So, like, the great, you know, or they're such the grandchildren of Sarandoni. Anyway, so those five. The Ziggy Marley. Um, the Ziggy Marley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Ziggy, Damien, and, uh, and uh, the, uh, Stephen. Um, that was a good reference. <laughs> did you guys get that, that the, uh, the uh, what is it, uh, Two Truths and a Lie? Oh thing? yeah, but mine was dumb. Mine was about podcasts. Yeah, mine was mine was yeah. about, mine's about the Eagles. <laughs> oh, please entertain us, <laughs> please. The lie was the artist who appeared the most on your playlist was the Eagles. <laughs> so that, they didn't. That was the lie. No, oh, they okay. didn't. The other two are true. The artist uh, you binge listen to the most, and my number one artist, if I want to cover yeah. that now, Stevie Wonder. Oh okay. Um, and uh, yeah, the artist who appeared the most on my playlist was the Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones. Do you okay. make lab playlists? Um, not really. Okay. I usually just download like whole albums, sure, and I'll just like binge through whole albums at a, like one whack. Um, but yeah, Stevie Wonder was my number one. Cool. Uh, number two in terms of top artists, Stevie Wonder number one, the Xiluris Brothers number two, Tool was my number sure. three, and then returning on my list from last year, Bhagwan Das. All right, oh, on because okay. I have yeah. to get my little, uh, you yeah. know, I got yeah, my, my, my darshan on now and zen, now and zen, every now and zen, and then uh, Yorgis Xiluris, mm. the father of the Xiluris, bro, you know, okay. uh, is my number five. Oh, right um, on, no dead, thank God, good no job, Mike. Dead. You really my, you're up growing up. My top <laughs> genre this up. year was soul. Okay, and we, so I it was assume, a good year. I assume musically. a lot of Stevie Wonder. We did a Stevie Wonder episode, so yeah. I know we all listened to those five albums. We, I went hard, and then you probably stay with that for the next couple weeks and, oh yeah, yeah easy yeah. months yeah, yeah. months every once in a while I'll listen to some Stevie Wonder and just have a good cry I gotta get back into it those five albums man they're still the I think that's the best five album run I mean it's ridiculous yeah. fulfilling this that's the one that I that I that's a regular one yeah, for me that's the one for you <sighs> it's the dark horse but I love it so much I don't know what it is I just it it, it well, just it's different it's than just the it elicits yeah. such a specific emotional response for me I don't know why it's because of the the <laughs> the guica on on Bird of Beauty. That's why I go back to that one. Well, coming to coming to my uh, Spotify wrapped here. Um, my yes, that's, 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 that's why my number one artist of the year was also Stevie Wonder. Yeah, nice. Um, I was in yeah, the point five percent of listeners um, of Stevie Strong Wonder. Numbers. So that was exciting. I believe it was like about a thousand in eleven uh, minutes of Stevie Wonder. 
this year. I was also in point five percent. Yeah, point five percent club, baby. So, um, also my uh, Stevie Wonder listening was heavily fu- uh, fueled by uh, uh, fulfilling this first final. Um, it's yeah. the Dark Horse album. Michael is right. It's uh really good. Um, so all right, let's go down the list here. My top artist this year, or do we want to start over here? I gave you the Stevie Wonder, but we'll start back over here with the uh. That good Let's stuff. I beginning. spent fifty-seven thousand four hundred and twenty-one minutes listening to music this year. Ninety-five um, percent more than other listeners in the United States. Wow! Wow! Um, I played. Uh, my top song was "Me and Mr. Jones" by Amy Winehouse. I played it forty times. Um, I guess I'm not like a big repeat song listener because like other mm. people's, I saw like you played this song seventy. I was like, what? I thought forty was a lot for me to play one song. So. Yeah, how does it track it, too? Do you have to complete the song before? I think if you get, like, three quarters of the way, sure. it counts as a complete play. Because um, mine said Science Stranger 28 times, and I'm like, yeah, I listened to that album at least, like, 100 times this year. Hmm. So. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But um, my – where was that? Oh, yeah, the the other stuff, the uh, the your white knight or whatever, that, <laughs> those questions. Okay, so my opening th- credit to my movie – was me and Mr. Jones, Amy Winehouse. Uh, the song playing while you score the game-winning point. Well, I don't really sports, so but that's cool. It's uh, Musha Boom by Feist. I don't know if you ever heard that song. I have. It's like a twee indie, strummy ukulele song. It's it's like one of like the indie 2000s yeah. songs. It's like yeah. an iPod commercial. Uh, <laughs> it is an iPod commercial. I'm almost positive. It's a great song, though. Um and then uh, the song playing as you face off against your dance rival crew is Boogie On Reggae Woman oh. by Stevie Wonder. Yeah, that's a good dance. Um, you know. So that's that stuff. Um, my top artists were number one, Stevie Wonder. Number two was Ty Siegel. Um, number three was Amy Winehouse. Number four was The OCs. And number five with a late in the year rally was my girl Snail Mail. Oh, wow. I did listen to her uh, album on Spotify, but mostly um, – that's just a single heat wave, but then this last uh, Valentine. Now, so you said you listened to about fifty thousand minutes on Spotify. You yeah. listen to, I'm you also, listen to two hundred thousand minutes on records. I'm so also. Like, do you play your Spotify into your stereo system, like a Bluetooth, or you plug it in or anything? So anything I'm listening to on Spotify is like if I don't own it on vinyl. So sure. pr- that's pretty rare at home. I yeah. don't really like listening to digital stuff. Sure. Um, yeah. But. Uh, I uh, it's mostly just car in the car oh, okay. through the yeah. thing, and right. then um, at work uh, sometimes I listen to music, but mostly at work I'm doing podcasts too because I like to listen to sure. full shit. I don't like to listen to you right. know. Yeah. But um, as for the year on just physical listens, one thousand eighty nine artists, one thousand eighty nine full albums I've listened to this year. Is that That's counting me. like nine times of listening to one, or is that or is that? individual if i listen to dr dre's the chronic 10 times in a row i would put it 10 times in a row because it's every every record i sat and listened to in full wow Mm. cool yeah but um so back to the spotify though uh yeah so the oh yep snail mail and then uh it's just i have my songs to list off right yep yeah top five songs yeah where is it it's somewhere in here guys it's on your here it is yeah um, me and Mr. Jones is my number one song. Number two was Tears Dry on Their Own by Amy Winehouse. Um, number three was Back in Action by Zarface and MF Doom. Um, 
and then uh, Bird of Beauty by Stevie Wonder. I was obsessed with that noise all year, and like it's not a joke. I was literally obsessed with the. It sounds like laughing. I think it sounds like Windex getting wiped off a window. That's how you play it. Yeah. Ever seen how you play that? No. You just like it's a drum. It has it has a head on one side and. Inside the drum, attached that head in the center is a stick that you can pull because you don't put a head on the other side. You can pull it to change the pitch. And so on the head side, you can hit it, but most people like kind of rub up their fingers with a little bit of moisture and then just rub on it. Because then you could just go like... So like, scra- yeah. like a scratching like a DJ. It's cool, I man. Think it's, I think it's pronounced guica, and it's a Brazilian instrument, Brazilian drum. It's like a talk. It's like Brazilian version of a talking drum. Gotcha. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Check out, check out "Bird of Beauty" if you're like. Yeah, that's, that's the sound. Yeah, it's it's, it's featured so like a, heavily. It's like a. La- it's trying to emulate what like monkeys, like laughing monkeys. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and that, it, that's why I love this song so yeah. much because the beat is just like. Yeah. It's like drop your shoulder. Yeah. Shit, yeah. it's so great. Um, and then my number five song is "If I Have My Own Way" by the OCs. Okay. Um, super. The OCs funky. or OCs? Uh, OCs. The OCs. O S E E S. Is it OCs or is it OCs? O O C. O C. Or is it OCs? I don't know. We don't know what version. It's the latest version. The latest. How is it? Latest and greatest. O S E E S. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Did you like how they list it on here? It's OCs, comma, the, the OCs. OCs, comma, OCs. So, yeah, so. Um, zero OCs. You know, it makes it really easy for mu- for digital music catalogs to uh, stack your music when you change your band name every two and a half years. It's <laughs> fucking stupid. Oh, my so, gosh. So fun. But, yeah, that was uh, that. Was cool. that. Yeah. I, yeah. It was Rapp- a good year musically. up. Oh yeah, excellent year. Yeah, and later on in in a couple more episodes this calendar year, we're gonna talk about our favorite albums of the year, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Kind of, kind of more wrapping up the year twenty twenty one in music. Yeah, I love. I mean, yeah. a lot of people shit on the Spotify raps. I just, I think they're fun. I love how it keeps track of what I'm listening to, which yeah. I'm also doing on my own anyway. But yeah. um, I like it. I think it's, I think it's interesting and fun, and see how you've changed and stuff you liked. Yeah, and, yeah for sure. Um. Yeah, pay your pay your artists more. Speaking of the year, uh, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of the year, um, can I can I get a train whistle real quick? We're just gonna do a quick Mike rant. Yes, thank you. Uh, I recently watched I recently watched the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee ceremony. Did that happen recently, or did it happen a month ago? Like, um, I don't know. I should have probably done recent, more research. Recent but I watched it, and you I watched on YouTube. I assume then. Or no, something. no, no. I have it's all, it was on HBO. Oh, okay. Yeah, can can we get a quick look up Luca and see when wow. it was filmed? But it was filmed at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum, right? I think, or yeah. somewhere near there in Cleveland, Cleveland Ohio. Ohio. Um, there was some high points. There were some weird points. Definitely some weird points. Um, one of the inductees, I think, if I'm not mistaken, right? You guys had done an episode where you talked about who was being inducted in yep. this year, correct? We did. So you covered like Randy Rose. It was Tina October Turner. 30th. October 30th. Uh, the Tina Turner one, it was a good, nice tribute, but uh, they had, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was the artist Her yep. and Keith Urban okay. doing Tina Turner. Um, it was kind of a, yeah, I was kind of like, I kind of like did the same, <laughs> like what you just did. I did the same thing. I kind of squinted so my eyes two, a little bit. I was two like, two artists what? who don't mm. dance, who don't really play up tempo music ever. 
Yeah, and it was kind of like a country version. I th- I, I want to say there? I want to say who? No, no, she no, wasn't. She there. doesn't go anywhere. No, and, and you know it's still COVID time, so I don't know who would go there. She's yeah. Let me look it up real quick 70s? because I think I wouldn't. Point, I wouldn't go. Or early eighties. I wouldn't go. <laughs> if I were her, I mean, why would she's already in it? Why would you? Yeah, right. Yeah, I think I wouldn't go either. <laughs> I wouldn't go. I mean, I wouldn't go. Carol King's was nice being, though. Being Tina Turner this year, I yes, that's what, exactly what I'm saying. If somebody offered me, I've done no work, but I would gladly yeah. accept. Yeah, yeah. Kind of a cringy moment was when Todd Rundgren won his, and you know, like they cut to the, um, they cut to Rick Wakeman, <laughs> and they're like, "Wait, yeah. that's not Todd Rundgren. <laughs> yeah, that's Rick Wakeman. Why is he wearing a cape?" Um, so it, they they had like the you know like the nice video. I forget who it was that came out and spoke. I think it was it was ah, fuck. I can't remember. Either way, the point is is uh, you know they do a nice video when it's this whole thing right. And at the very end, it's like Todd Rundgren giving this like what's that called like a commencement speech like at a graduation or something. Sure. And he's like, and he ends it, and he's just like he's just like he's like just grumpy, and he's just kind of like I was never I was never. Uh, nominated for a Grammy. I was never nominated for this. I was never nominated for that. Uh, and if I was to ever even get an invitation to be inducted into the rock and the no, he didn't say rock and roll. He said the Rock Hall of Fame. Sure. He's like, I would just tell them, like, I am not interested. Oh, fat squirrel. Clearly, he was interested. So fuck you, Todd Run. Well, he, he never showed show up, up though. He didn't show up to accept oh, the award. That was that was him from that, that a wasn't different even a commencement Yeah, he didn't. Speech. He didn't actually even res- formally respond. They just found a clip of him talking shit like that, and, and then they, they just played. They it just the ceremony. they ran that, and then oh. it went right into Jay Z's induction. By the way, this is this is who no, Mike was... couldn't remember who inducted Todd, the second one. Oh yeah, some bum. <laughs> Who, it's see? fucking Patty Smith, bro. Patty Smith. Oh yeah, right, right, sure. Mike's like, uh... Todd Rundgren. I can't remember. I just couldn't remember her name, man. Todd Rundgren, fam- famously one of the largest collectors of spam memorabilia in the world. Really? Yes. Wow. I learned that in a Monty Python documentary. <laughs> really? Yes. Todd is so fucking weird. He is so fucking weird. I, I I hope that during his whole like bit, all they played were clips from Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell album <laughs> in 70 Todd Rundgren music. Um... A highlight, Jay-Z's induction was really great. Yeah. He didn't perform, which was I was kind of upset by that because I was just like, come on, man, like give the people what they want. Do they the original artists usually perform? Some a lot of the time. Yeah, right? I thought so. A lot of the time yeah, they do. Yeah, because Foo Fighters played, and Paul McCartney's introduction to Foo Fighters was just Paul McCartney just being like, rock and roll. Yeah, oh, just rock the and meme, roll. Hey, yeah, like, hey, Jamesy. Just like boomer meme. You know, when I started my band... The Beatles, oh and he waits God. for, and he waits for the, like the applause break because people are just like, "Yeah, the fucking Beatles, Paul." Like we know that you were in the fucking Beatles. And he's like, Dave Grohl was also leaving his band out of a tragedy, just like we were in my band, you know, the Beatles, <laughs> you know. Very, and it's like this whole thing, and I'm like, very interesting that Paul McCartney would in, induct the, the the Foo, Foo Fighters. Fighters. Like, I mean, that's a good get for the Foo Fighters, I guess. Yeah. You got like the legend. Can I just say? And stuff, can, can I? Can I say something? It, it's my. I guess, usually, you have a younger person who's like, "I looked up to this person." Yeah, like this is the rant. The, like you know, this is the the get in the garage the rant time. corner. Yeah. But you know what, man? Like all due respect to Dave Grohl, but it's just like, all right, man, I'm over you. Like enough, Jesus Christ. 
how much more do I have to hear about fucking Dave Grohl and the rock and roll narrative? Like, it's just like, you know. give him his flowers. He deserves them. Of course. He was in Nirvana. He was in the Foo Fighters. He, he's like a self-made sort I agree, of Michael. Write, rock and roll write dude. a good album and I'll give a shit again. Yeah, but it's just like, dude, fuck <laughs> he off. He did write like, a good I'm, album, I'm tired man. of it. But no. 1997's The Color and <laughs> Shape is a great album. <laughs> yes, and the original Foo Fighters record. And, and I'm not shitting on the Foo Fighters. I'm just saying, like, enough is enough. Like, like okay, we get it. You met Little Richard once, Dave Grohl. I don't need to hear you tell 10 fucking stories about people you met. Like, yeah. You know, See, and I and I and I and I part of me loves Dave Grohl and what he's done for rock and roll and how he's kind of like held he's like the torchbearer for rock right. and roll and I and I I appreciate him and I honor him for that. But it's just like I'm just sick of hearing about the Foo Fighters and like how Dave like Dave Grohl's not the only one who's carrying the torch for rock and roll. Like stop acting like he's the guy. Yeah, see He is. But there's other guys, too. Don't act like he's the only one. I'll rant with you for a minute. See, like, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame at this point, because, like, nobody really gives a shit. Um, let all the rappers in that you want, because yeah. they're alive, and they're going to come perform, and they're going to show up, and it'll be interesting, and it'll sell tickets for the show, and it will revitalize their career, and maybe, like, get, like, a market for some older hip-hop artists. So I think, like, one, that would be cool. The second yeah. thing is they need to let in music that's not all like it's the grandpa shit. Like I love Todd, but like screw having him in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like have like like tell like I don't know if television is, but like television and uh Black Flag and like the Pixies and interesting bands like that are very, you know, influential and are still alive and can reform and make money and this is that's what I'm saying. Uh instead of like yeah. Tina Turner's made all the money she needs to make. Yeah, it's it's because that, that's what it is. It's it's this is a money making thing to revitalize your band and keep them in the public eye and get records sold and you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a catalog rebuy, you know, mm-hmm. as much as it is like a thank you for your service, but Yeah. You know? Yeah, and as far as like Foo Fighters go, it's like I don't know. I'll say this. I enjoyed the Go-Go's more than I enjoyed the Foo Fighters. Oh, oh my be- God. Because the Go-Go's were all alive. They showed yeah. up. They were happy to be there. Sure. And they were so excited and yeah. so like it was so genuine. For me, it's just Dave Grohl's just like, yep, check another fucking box, boys. But the Go-Go's are just like, we busted our ass, thank you so much. Like, you know, yeah. and I'm not... Different. I don't know. I don't know. It's because Dave Grohl didn't not work hard. You know what I'm saying? Like, he paid his dues, man. He busted his ass in the rock and roll thing, but it's like... Go-Go's are cool. I'm just saying that I enjoyed the Go-Go's more. That's all I'm saying. Because it's more... It's just not as bloated. It's just You know like, who's uh, really cool? <laughs> the Bangles. <laughs> <laughs> Our game, go goes our bangles. Uh, so here's the thing about Foo Fighters is like the bands from the '90s who made their bones in the '90s, especially post grunge, the post grunge '90s. Yeah, they're the only bands still putting out relevant music. Whatever relevant means, I mean relevant like it still debuts in the top two of the album charts the week it comes out. Yeah, they get asked back on Saturday Night Live every five years. They, you know, they played the fucking Super Bowl halftime show five years, six years ago, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, and and it's a big part of it is the fact that Dave Grohl is this, you know, carrying on the oral tradition of the tribe of rock and roll type of thing. And yeah. he's a multi instrumentalist who plays with everybody. He did, uh, he did played with drums with everybody. He played guitar on people's stuff. He sings on people's stuff does duets with Noah Jones you know like yeah I don't know it's... that's the, th- the thing was though is that like I understand why they did Foo Fighters they had to do Foo Fighters right but like let's be real it's it, Dave Grohl was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame 
under the under the like in quotations Foo Fighters. Like that's what it might as well have been because I mean, he, I'm just he, saying that in the way that it was presented at the rock at the ceremony itself, sure. it was like the other guys were kind of talked about, but they're all just kind of like. Yeah, but Dave. Yeah, but Dave. It was, you think, know what I mean? It was like that. Yeah. Dave was the one who was given all the accolades, and then he's like, and then the other guys, you know, like right yeah. place, right time. But there's still a band where Who's people recognize, the songs, man. Yeah, but people well, recognize yeah, the right, faces. But I'm just saying, yeah, people Taylor know Hawkins. Taylor Hawkins is. People know who Nate Mandel, what he looks like, the bass player. People yeah. know what Chris Shiflett looks yeah. like. Yeah. People, I know who Pat Smear is. Pat obviously. Smear. Everybody, you know, anybody from 1990 on knows yeah. who what Pat Smear's face is. They're right. like, oh, anybody that likes punk music knows. Rami Jaffe, the newest member the keyboard player like a session dude who played on everything in the 90s yeah. wallflowers etc and yeah. joined the band officially a decade ago or whatever like i don't know who their comp is from the 70s but they're a band that like you know longevity and consistency in a way and yeah i don't know like are they're they, like they're are career they, musicians, man. Oh man, are they the Aerosmith of their time? Oh, dude, looks like I a lady. Think, <laughs> hey, I don't think so because side note, uh, Aerosmith is, is a way better. Band. Well, they're they're such an underrated band too because Aerosmith was like three, four great albums, complete explosion for for a decade, implosion, explosion, and then full out at forty years old, they were top of the charts for the next fucking twelve years. Yeah into their mid fifties. So like, I don't think I, a rock band will never do that again. No, never. I don't think so. There will never be another rock band that has number one hits when all the members are over 45 years old. Oh my never. God. Yeah. I can't Such a magical of. time. And they had like, they had five, to, it, what, it, they wasn't had it? five to 10 hit songs in their mid forties. The age of the rock and roller coaster, baby. <laughs> That's what it was. It was that. Cause yeah. it's true. I mean, like let's really, you know, when we were in high school, Jade's number one band, man. I saw him the same Fucking night she Aerosmith. saw him with Lenny Kravitz. Pink? Pink? I love that song. <laughs> <laughs> Train kept the rolling all night long. Train kept the rolling um, all night long. That's the Yardbirds. Get fucked, bro. <laughs> what else happened on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction that's notable or rantable? Um, I mean, that was pretty much that was pretty The whole much thing. It. I though, mean, like, Carol Kings was nice. Like Luke said, R- Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induct, you know, hip-hop... Rock and roll is like how hip hop people think rap music is hip hop. Hip hop is the culture that embodies the entire lifestyle yeah. of the urbanization of pop culture in America. Where rock and roll is the, you know, starting off kind of black artist leading the white charge into a cultural revolution in the mm-hmm. late 50s. Yeah. So rock and roll is a lifestyle. It's not music. Like, you know, Post yeah. Malone is rock and roll. Jay Z's rock and roll. Yeah. Like all that shit. Kanye West is rock and roll. Like, to be fair, um, Dave Chappelle is the one who inducted Jay Z. Oh, yeah. and he and he says it too. He's just like, and don't be fooled, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He belongs to us. He's he's hip hop. Jay Z is a hip hop artist. Like we still have him. Like kind of thing. But it was it was great, yeah. man. Like Dave Chappelle's thing was awesome. The only thing I wish that maybe the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame would do, it would be like that kind of like. Um, what is it like the Oscar style? Whenever you're like giving a speech and sort of thanks, like you're receiving the Play award. Yeah, man, because there was so much just kind of like, just kind of talking into like no particular. You know what I mean? It was like it was weird. There was a lot of that where it's just kind of like, no, just just say thank you. Like I you like, don't have I, to like don't wander around. I like teleprompted written out speeches. I like right. Mike Love vengeful angry speeches. <sighs> No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Tell I like <laughs> a nice a, a nice orderly show. It's a lifetime it's not yeah. you did a 
it's not you made a song in a year, you're going against other songs, and you're they're like, the best song this year gets a Grammy for whatever. Or it's not an active performance where you spent three months making a movie. This is a lifetime achievement thing. So fucking take, take two hours, write out a five-minute thing, say a long five-fucking-minute thing. Mm-hmm. Like this roll-with-it type of bullshit. Like, yo, man, you've had 20... <laughs> 25 years to prepare for this moment write right. a fucking speech and thank yeah. some appropriate people and yeah and it was like it's yeah th- i just wish that they just would start playing them off after a certain time lapses because it's just like all right dude enough with the ranting the rock and um, roll hall of fame should play you off with stairway to heaven <laughs> <laughs> they, should, they should play you off with whatever band competed for the public's favor at the same time as you <laughs> Like if it's the Beatles, like if it's the Beatles, but yeah. the Stones get played. Yeah, like the police are being played off by like the Cars or something. <laughs> like the another, Jam. Yeah, another <laughs> band that just totally tried to take. They they start playing My Own Worst Enemy to cut off Dave Grohl. <laughs> <laughs> or Smash Mouth. <laughs> Yo, oh, before Sugar Ray, they play Sugar Ray. Before we really clock out of this episode, yeah. we, you might have clocked out already. We're getting a little off the rails here. We're having fun with each other. But um, yeah, yeah. have any of you seen that a viral clip of Smash Mouth getting Yo, completely wasted from at that a, summer from like event? A couple months ago? Yeah. Oh, and, they, and like the sound guy was terrible, right? And like everything oh. was just yes, feeding back and, the whole time. Yeah. And the whole show was just garbage. The singer is so, so drunk. Confrontational. So and he's like, I'll murder everyone. Oh. <laughs> anyway. So Anyway. He looks at a member of the audience directly uh, in the eyes. Hey now. And goes, I'll kill you. And he goes, I'll kill your whole family. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> It's one of the most. I'm gonna smash your fucking mouth. It's is like what I'm gonna do. the audience is out of control. The uh, band yeah. has no, but they're yeah. just like waiting out like the hour time that they have to be on stage yeah, to get yeah. play. Oh my god, great! It's it's so rock and roll. It's one of the most rock and roll moments I've ever seen. Yeah, that was. I didn't believe it because I saw like they were trending as a high, as a headline. And I watched that two minute video, the supercut, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Now this yeah. is also they played Sturges, I think the year before. Weren't they the <laughs> band that Sturges that played when like it was like height of COVID for fucking hundred thousand bikers? Yeah, and they were all like, "Hey, now we're rock stars. Oh Might god. as well be walking <laughs> on the sun." <laughs> oh good lord! Anyway, yeah, I mean the the rock is back to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, 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 yeah, um, they inducted LL Cool J. That was a cool part. Eminem and Jennifer Lopez both came out for like little things mm-hmm. with LL Cool J. You know, th- I mean, there was there was some cool stuff. There was some cool stuff, um, but there was also other things where I'm just kind of like, nah, you know, all right, enough. So it's I'm available it. on HBO. It's available on HBO. How long is this? Oh, Two and, like and a half hours. Three fucking three hours. hours. Like three hours and fifteen minutes. Fast it's so forward. Long. If you if you if if you have the time to devote three hours to anything watch one of the Beatles yes. fucking things yeah. don't waste your time with the Rock and Roll Hall yeah. of Fame induction I had nothing to do I was just like fuck it. I put it on as background noise and then I ended up just continuing to watch it because I was like well Keith Urban playing Tina Turner must be like if that's what's happening on this fucking thing then like, fucking rolling over on the it's river. like you have, well it's like for better or worse you have my attention now like, <laughs> 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 All right, boys. Like, anyway, playing a slow country blues blues version. Yeah, it's just like, what the fuck is going on? It was so strange, man. It was so far out. But anyway, uh, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Instagram. Uh, you want to throw some coal in that fire, boys? 
<laughs> See you next time. Goodbye. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information, and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.